0: All right, my friends, welcome back to Small Town Big Ministry, and we are so glad that you're joining us. This is Pastor Luke and Molly Dunn, Hello. and we're going to talk a little bit uh, today about our uh, podcast name. Um, I think we introduced ourselves, and we've been doing some different uh, podcasts about ministry, but we never really kind of got into the details of why we named our podcast Small Town Big Ministry. And so the small town part of it is pretty self-explanatory for the most part, Um, although people have different ideas of what a small town is. Uh, We grew up in small towns. Um, I mean, I grew up in a town of about 1,200, uh, which is pretty small. And um, Alito, where we're at now, is... Uh, About 3,700 people, so that's pretty small. But some people think, um, you know, their town is small when they're in a town of, like, Mm 30,000. And I'm like, that's not a small town. (laughs) To me, that's a a nice-sized city. Um, So in my brain, you know, I think a small town is probably, you know, something less than 10,000, maybe maybe even less than 8,000. Okay. Once you get past that, I th- feel like you're, you know, it's a little bit more complex. You got different, you know, segments of the city that are going to be, you know, different. Then mm-hmm. than a, than a one, what you might say a one cell or, or kind of a, uh, community. A, a community that's, yeah, that's kind of consolidated into the one, one place. Um, so, that's kind of our idea. And the, the, the thinking here, too, is um, there are a lot of small towns across America, um, even though a lot of the population lives in big cities. Um, there are, you know, far more small towns than there are big cities, for sure. But like Illinois, okay, where we're at, um, Chicago, the greater metro area, is about 6 million people, okay? And the entire state is 9 million people. So uh, that means that uh, one third of the population covers, you know, 95% of of the territory. Um, So you have a bunch of small towns, um, but you have far more, you know, people living in that one big city Mm -hmm. than in all those small towns combined. Um, But I mean, the reality is that a lot of people live in small towns and a lot of people go to... Small churches, sure. and uh, you know, we're we're talking about that, you know, reality. We've lived right. it, and uh, we love it. And I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't want to live in mm-hmm. a big city. I don't know about you.
1: No, I mean, the older I get, uh, the more I appreciate being away from a lot of people. You kind of spread out a little bit, and um, and I like the small town community where. Um, you know, it has its benefits, you know, you, you know, people and, um, they might know all your stuff. And I know that (laughs) that's one of the things people don't like.
0: That's one of the challenges (laughs) of the small town, um, is that, you know, people are related and Mm -hmm. they're connected and, um, history and some baggage
1: sometimes.
0: And that's, that is a big challenge in ministry, um, Because so, you know, in our, our situation, um, you, you'll have a, uh, family come to church who has some kind of falling out with Mm -hmm. another family and then, you know, they, uh, they won't want to be in the same church. Mm -hmm. So they end up, you know, one, one or the other is going to probably leave or, um, if there's a divorce, you know, there, there can be some. Um, discomfort there, mm-hmm. um, and, and you just
1: don't lose one of them, but oftentimes we lose both right. sides.
0: And, and there's no way around that mm-hmm. in a small community. Um, you're gonna have people who have all this history and baggage that they're kind of dragging into the church, and, um, and and it's hard to you know navigate that for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and you can have to take that you know for what it is that some people are gonna um, leave, uh, or not come to your church because they know that so-and-so goes there and, and they have some, some beef with that person or whatever it is. And that's, that's one of the challenges. But I think, um, the blessing is that, um, you, you do know people, um, pretty well and, uh, you get to live your life mm-hmm. together. And so, um, you know, here lately we had uh, some visitors come in and, um, and you say, Oh, you're new. And okay. Do you know so-and-so? And, And, um, and they, they have a connection with Mm -hmm. people, um, where it doesn't feel so, um, anonymous and and cold because, uh, they know people, um, and they can kind of have that comfort level almost immediately. Right. You know, we had uh, one family come to church. Oh, this was a few months ago. And, uh, and, and there were I don't know half a dozen people that knew this this family, and had walked up to them after um, the service and just like we're talking to them and making them you know feel comfortable mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So um, I think that really helps because when yeah. you walk into a new place, you do feel a little awkward mm-hmm. and um, disconnected. I mean we've visited churches when we we're on vacation and and uh, it's always a little bit uncomfortable to walk into a place where you know absolutely nobody.
1: But I think it's good to be in that situation. Uh, sometimes it reminds me how it feels mm-hmm. to be new and the things that maybe these churches are doing or not doing that uh, we do or not do. And, right. Um, sometimes I'm like, ooh, We do that sometimes, and I don't like that, you know, as a visitor.
0: Like when you have everybody uh, shake hands at some point in the service. (laughs) (laughs) You're standing there like, okay, shake uh, your hand. And I'm just waiting for that time to be over because it's just so awkward. In fact, uh, we don't do that in our church anymore. And I I know some people miss it. They kind of wish that. We would do it, but uh, I haven't heard too many complaints.
1: Well, people are interesting because uh, there's different, obviously, personalities coming in the door. So uh, some people crave and really want people to come up and mm-hmm. say hi and introduce themselves, and and if people don't do that, then it's like it seems cold. Mm-hmm. And other people are, you know, they almost uh, they're like, ooh, they don't they don't want people to come up and talk to them, and that is uncomfortable and Sometimes it's hard to kind of strike a, a balance yeah. there.
0: Depends for me how much coffee I've had <laughs> um, yeah, there. I mean, a lot of times, though, if we're visiting somewhere, I don't necessarily want a lot of people yeah. like coming up to me like, oh, how, how are you? Are you new? Where are you from? I mean, right. some of that's OK, but um, it kind of can be to a point where it's just like you feel like you're being interrogated. So. You want uh, you just want to worship, you know, for us, I mean, especially when we're traveling or something, we're not obviously checking the church out because we want right. to make it our church home. We're, yeah. we're just looking for a place to worship for the weekend and maybe learn something, maybe, you know, experience something different and either bring that into our experience mm-hmm. back home uh, or, you know, say, well, I, that, they did this and I didn't like that. So we need to make sure we don't do those things. So we try to take advantage of those opportunities, which, you know, I think is important that if you have an opportunity to be somewhere else on a weekend make sure that you go somewhere, worship somewhere, um, so that you can, you know, learn from that, learn Mm -hmm. from the experience and, um, take it back home with you so that you can do something with it in your ministry. Right. Um, so what are the, um, issues of a small town that uh, people tend to um, stray away from. And I guess what I I mean by that is, you know, in seminary, in college, you know, people who are training for ministry, looking at where they're going to land, most of them, I'm going to assume, just from my experience, we're not looking to go to a small town or a small church. They're looking for, city or you know a big church that they can be part of they you know, most people are looking for something big and exciting and okay. um you know we've talked a little bit about calling already and in in, uh, in some of the episodes that we've done even so far and i think um for me that is the most important aspect of how or why you know you end up in a, a small town or a small church in a, whatever town you're in, is that it really is not about me choosing where I want to be. It's about me discerning where God wants me sure. to be. And uh, the likelihood is because there are far more small towns and far more small churches, um, I mean, 90% of churches are less than 200 people. Um, and I think, I think the statistic is like um, 75 or 80% or, or 75 or less mm. or under a hundred. Mm. Um, so the vast majority of churches out there are smaller um, and, and most people are going to be in a smaller church uh, for the most part. I mean, um, and that shouldn't dissuade you from doing great ministry. And that's well, kind of the issue sure. of big ministry is that you can do wonderful, great, in fantastic ministry in a small town, in a small church, um, because this is what you've been called to. And that's the, the biggest factor that I've been called to this. And I'm going to be faithful with this um, no matter where I am.
1: Yeah. I think there's a misconception that um, if you go to a bigger church or a bigger area, that's more important mm-hmm. um, that you're doing more important work and Um, I, that is not true. Like we're in this for lives to be saved. Um, we're in this for salvation and people need to be saved everywhere. Um, in big towns and and, Yes, and and cared for and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so no matter where you land, wherever God is calling you, um, you know, you need to be obedient, um, because I mean, who knows more God or us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we need to, um, we, you know, just because it's maybe a small ministry, a, a small church, or maybe it's just a really small group of people, that's still really important work and right. is significant in building the kingdom.
0: Well, I think the big part of that, what you just said, was um, it, it, ultimately to me how I interpret that. It's more of an ego thing than mm-hmm. it is about anything else. Like yeah. I want to, I want to succeed. I don't want people to think that I've done well, and so. Um, what that looks like in the world's eyes is bigger church or bigger community or bigger, you know, whatever ministry, um, that those are the things that people have more respect for Mm -hmm. or think, you know, is a bigger deal. Right. You know, if you say, well, I pastor a church of 50 people. Um, you know, the world doesn't look at that like, like you've made it, right? (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, well, what's your next step? Where are you going from here? It Um, doesn't
1: seem as important in the world's.
0: Right. And and I think that a lot of people become almost self-conscious about that, that they're, Mm -hmm. if they're in a smaller setting that it's like, well, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting for my big chance or something, or uh, that they, they're failing almost. And, the reality is, um, you can do really fantastic ministry in any setting, well, and yeah, that's I mean, that's the point.
1: Yeah, just impacting. If you just impact one person's life, I mean, I grew up in small churches. My dad, um, he was a pastor, and we moved around to uh, several different small towns and small churches. And some of the churches we went to were really small, mm. um, and um, I grew up in that. And then when I was 15, believed I received the call into ministry. You know, I am a product of small church and the ministry of that church and of my parents, um, you know, it grew me into who I was and the faith that I had um, and where I am today. So it's, like, we have a ripple effect, and sometimes a lot of times we have no clue or idea even the impact we're making. We have to just trust God mm-hmm. in that. Um, like, <laughs> even I have a midweek program, Kids Club, here at First Baptist Church, and um, I'm telling you, I don't know what um, what's in the water um, that the kids are drinking mm-hmm. or if there's a full moon or what, but the last couple weeks the kids have been very crazy. And I'm up there teaching Bible for the K through fifth grade before they divide up into their groups. And I'm, you know, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, are they are they getting any, any of this? Is this, this, this are they catching any of this these things, these mm-hmm. spiritual things that I'm saying, these truths, and I just have to trust that they are, you know. And I might never know um, that one eight year old kid that was super squirrely and seemed to be like all over the place, he might in twenty years grow up and he might become a pastor. And his his first memories might be, "Hey, I learned about Jesus at kids club." And right. a lot of times they don't write back and say, "Hey, you know, thanks for teaching me about the Lord and being such a good example and encouraging me." Um, we just have to trust, and it's not about our ego mm-hmm. or our pride or. Um, you know, getting a trophy, if you will, of all of our accomplishments. Um, You know, it's really about entrusting that in the Lord's hands and that, that can be kind of discouraging if we're focused on all that other stuff. We just have to, to trust it and be focusing on the right things.
0: Sure. Well, and so that kind of leads into kind of this next part of the name. What is big ministry? and What isn't it? You know, and we've said already, but I mean, the reality is that a big ministry in our understanding is not a mega church, not nece- not, under- not necessarily, not mm-hmm. the way we're talking about it. Um, you don't have to be a church of a thousand or two thousand or, or beyond that to have a big ministry. Um, a big ministry in our estimation and, and our definition um, has more to do with, um, there are some factors that we think are important and sure. vital. Um, like you said, we may only impact uh, um, a small number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a, a ministry and as as leaders in that ministry, we are focused on making an impact. Mm-hmm. And that's what big ministry is, is that you're making an impact in, in people's lives. Uh, you're not just, um, you know, trying to Uh, maintain something you're not just coming in and saying well this is just as good as it's going to be so I guess we'll just kind of live out our lives you know just trying to make do here I mean unfortunately
1: you see that sometimes with mm -hmm. pastors or or lay people or volunteers or staff people where they're they are kind of just phoning it in they've lost their their spark I think they
0: lose hope they lose or I don't know if they ever had it but you know there's a sense that there's not a lot of potential here, so we're just going to make, you know, do the best, the best of it, you know, yeah. and just, you know, kind of get our paycheck and do our yeah. what we're responsible to do. But there's no vision and yeah. there's no, you know, emphasis or urgency on just like reaching people. And, and um, I think that's what makes a, a ministry more impactful um, is that you have. And we've we're talking about children's ministry. I think that's one of the elements that. And here's a, I don't know. This is my opinion, and not everybody's going to agree with it. But I believe that any church, um, there are maybe a few exceptions, but any church that is going to do big ministry um, is going to have to uh, emphasize on some level kids ministry, because um, they are the the next generation. And if you're going to grow or if you're going to reach your community or reach, you know, this next level, you have to reach the children. You mm-hmm. have to care about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe biblically that um, that it, it's a uh, clear um, directive that, that we have to care for kids. Um, we have to train and teach them about Jesus, and we have to emphasize mm-hmm. their importance. So we have to actually put their needs ahead of our own as, as adults. That yeah, and it...
1: furthermore be training and coming alongside the parents mm-hmm. to be doing that at home. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like I've just, the Lord has given me, you know, really planted that in my heart over the last, uh, several years is that at home discipleship, um, is so vital. It's not just dropping the kids off or making sure that they're part of a ministry, but, you're creating that uh, ministry environment at mm-hmm. home. So it, the what you're doing for adult adults and kids really does go hand in hand because oh, yeah. the adults need to be learning too and be learning that importance of being discipled and also um, passing on that legacy of faith uh, to their kids.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, with kids ministry, um, you, it's it's family ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as you you know, as we've done kids ministry over the years, what you find is that sometimes, and maybe a lot of the time, uh, as you do things for children, programming and uh, different uh, uh, events and whatever you're doing, that uh, you may get these unchurched kids. Mm-hmm. And they they are in unchurched homes. I mean, mm-hmm. their parents are not believers. Right. And it may take time uh, for them to come to a place where they really want to bring their whole family along. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I know that statistically they say that's, you know, less likely um, that kids are going to be the first step to, you know, a whole family coming to know the Lord. But I tell you, in my experience, that's not true. Yeah, we've
1: seen that several times. Many
0: times. We see the kids get excited about God. The family says, hmm, there's something going on here. Maybe we should go to church, and then the fa- whole family starts coming to church, and you see a transformation in the family. So, um, we're we're saying, you know, that whole um, pattern um, it is, is very. Um, I don't know, it's very obvious. I mean, we see it over and over and over.
1: Yeah, and I think um, there's so many things to do in a day or a week in ministry, and just the all the tasks and things that you have to do to get ready for uh, maybe just one program. And we're doing several different mm-hmm. things and events. Um, I have just found it so important to and i'm an introvert so this isn't something i necessarily like oh yeah you know i'm okay with i've had to really i just have to push past my discomfort in this but to not just really build that connection with the kids but really reach out and be proactive to reach into their home life too with their parents Mm -hmm. so um oftentimes i will like uh, there's a new kiddo that is non-churched or maybe they're their family is maybe they have a little bit of that in their background, but they're not attending our church. Um, I really try to um, go the extra mile and make sure I'm making a connection with a parent and adult in the household mm-hmm. um, because those um, those conversations are important. It could mean the difference of them just like dropping their kid off and then feeling comfortable enough sure. to. Actually, come because now they have an adult contact. Their kid doesn't just have the contact, but they do now too. Right,
0: and, and if the parent comes to a place where they uh, realize that you're not a weirdo, yeah, you know, all the better.
1: And you know, who doesn't <laughs> like it when um, you're <laughs> someone saying really nice things about your kid and investing mm-hmm. in them? So, I mean, that is a, a you know, you want to be honest and everything, but it's really. Um, that's a, a really great way to get in, um, and start these conversations like, Hey, I just, you know, it's wonderful having, uh, your child come to kids club. And, um, so what about you guys? Are you, you know, are you from this area and really just start to like, you're, you're investing in not just that child, but the whole family, you're mm-hmm. gaining an interest in building that relationship Um, and, um, and you can really plant, start to plant seeds that way too, because sometimes they have questions, they have spiritual questions, but they don't have anybody else to talk to. And you start building that conversation and it all started with your midweek program that they started dropping their kid off to, or someone invited their kid to. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and so, you know, another element of this whole thing of big ministry is, um, a reputation that, that your church needs to have a good reputation mm-hmm. um, and, and that takes time. Yeah. And so you have to consistently do uh, good ministry and just I'm not saying you know you're you're trying to you know blow up. you're just you're just trying to do consistently good things on a regular basis in your Sunday morning worship. Um, that you're, you're doing the best you, you can with what you have. And, not, you know, you not, might not always have a big band or, you know, all the, the lights, camera, action stuff that a bigger ministry, uh, a bigger church may have ac- access to or resources for. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're trying to do good, good programming, good wor- worship, good uh, everything. Everything that you right. do, you're trying to do it well. Um, and you build a reputation over time and then people come to a place where they're like, you know, I've heard about, you know, your church and, uh, people have good things to say about your church. And I think part of that is you're striving to be healthy Mm -hmm. as a church body. I think you're striving, uh, to be biblical. Um, if you don't have a biblical foundation, um, then, uh, you know, in my opinion, the rest of it's just worthless. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have, uh, you know, wonderful programming. If you're not teaching the Bible, if you're not teaching about Jesus Christ and, and the need to know him as personal Savior, um, then what are you what are you offering? Um, so that has to be the, the foundation for what you're doing.
1: Well, and I think people, um, they can see and, and they know when you've put some effort into something Mm -hmm. and, um, that says something. And, um, there, we, there definitely is a spectrum of things that we do. We do really simple things that are still powerful and can, can build relationships. Like we did Friday park dates at the park, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just had, um, some host moms go and we, you know, just had some conversations about like their, purpose was to make sure they're talking to the other moms and that they're connecting and introducing and the kids are playing and there was no money involved in those park dates and we promoted it and it was a really simple way Um, but then we also promote we did have three activities part of those park dates that we promoted too but the the rest of those Fridays it was completely free there wasn't a lot of things and it was important, but then we have other things like our kids club or kids worship or our Easter event um, or Christmas program. We're, we're making sure we are putting our best foot forward with that, that Mm -hmm. we're communicating well, we're organizing well. We don't want to frustrate people because of our lack of planning or whatever, because that could actually end up pushing people away. And um, you know, you want to make sure that you're sending a message that Uh, We're we we value your time and the fact that you are coming, and Mm -hmm. so we want to do the best we can. It doesn't have to be perfect, but people can tell the effort that you put into it.
0: Right. Well, and so you know, building a a good reputation um, is important, and it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, the the last, or I mean, so the first thing is kids ministry. Second thing is a reputation. And these are not in any particular order. Um, and then the last thing is outreach. That as a church, um, you are intentional about reaching out to mm-hmm. the community somehow. And, and uh, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, every week that you're doing something outreach-oriented. But that it, it's always kind of um, your your intention to reach people for mm-hmm. Christ. Um, and that you exist for the community not just for yourself. Right. Um and, and if you're doing that and and so we lived in uh southern Illinois for several years uh right out of seminary and we were in a small church in the middle of the country and we um had a great uh, body of people that mm-hmm. just were um just great family mm-hmm. and loved us and loved each other and um, and, and we grew a little bit when we were there. I mean, we started with 45 and by the time we left, we were, you know, whopping 60 or 65. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, in that time uh, we were just reaching out to people however we could and it might be, um, you know, VBS, which, uh, for a small church in the middle of the country, you wouldn't think would maybe even have a VBS, but mm-hmm. we did. And it was fantastic. It was great. It yeah. did a, a ton of work. Um, we had some really creative Mm -hmm. and active people. Um, and we had a really good response to that. Um, and we did little things where we would just, you know, invite people. And, um, because we were on kind of this highway, um, we did something where we put up a really beautiful, uh, nativity, Mm -hmm. um, during Christmas time and, and it was really well done. And, uh, some of those things just, you know, draw people in. And, yeah. and you just do what you can wherever you are. Right. Um, but outreach has to be your, your intentional focus. Mm-hmm. You have to, and you can't just, well, it'll happen if it happens. It has to be planned and, and it has to be actively pursued because if it isn't, it'll just fall off the table. Well, I mean, that's, it's that's easy for yeah. that to happen.
1: Sometimes you try things and they don't really work out the way that you intended. And Mm -hmm. that can be discouraging sometimes when you're putting so much effort and time and emotional energy into something. And, um, and may, and there's maybe, you know, possibly less people who are joining the cause. And so there's a lot of like energy that goes toward that and resources. Um, But it's like, you keep, you keep trying and, you know, you try different things and you don't give up. And I think I do see that in, small smaller congregations is they'll try something and they don't they don't get as many people attending or mm-hmm. it wasn't it maybe what they thought it was gonna be and they're like, Oh, we tried that like ten years ago. We're not gonna do that again, you know. And yeah. sometimes you do have to um kind of reassess the situation, maybe even take a little bit of an idea and say, it didn't really maybe work that way, but maybe we could do it this way and not just throw in the towel.
0: You have to hedge your expectations yeah. a little bit too because so we do uh, praise in the park every year. Okay, we've been doing that for almost 15 years. Um, and for the first several years, um, we had less people at the park than we would on a normal Sunday morning at the really? church. Um, we were So we would actually decrease, but we kept doing it because we really believed it was a good outreach we were in the you know the middle of the community central location you know we were doing um just a worship service at that point and then we 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 said okay what can we do to improve this and we built it up and we started with you know adding a meal and then adding games for the kids and that you know and now it it has become like a big event Mm -hmm. it's almost an all-day thing Um, and we're reaching a lot more people Mm -hmm. in that but it took a long time for us to kind of build and grow and, and develop that. And that's okay. If we would have had the expectation from the first you know time we did it that, okay, it's going to be, you know, a lot more people than normal and they're all going to come to church the next week and our church is going to grow immediately because we did this thing. I mean, we would have given up on it a long time ago. And that's, I think what happens in some people's mm-hmm. minds is that they have this expectation. Right. We're going to do this outreach event And we're going to reach a bunch of people and our church is going to grow immediately. Um, Boom. er Everything's just going to kind of happen like a easy bake oven. I don't know, (laughs) but um, it doesn't happen that way. You do outreach events consistently over time and you may get, you know, one or two people respond to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, if we have one family that starts coming to church consistently because of praise in the park, I mean, I count that as a success. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, all these people that start coming because of this one thing. Um, and even if they don't, even if we don't get any more new people um, from this one event, I'd still know that we're building a reputation. Mm-hmm. People know that we care about the community. We're doing something outward for them that we're, you know, trying to be more than just for ourselves. We're trying to be, you know, for the better Uh, or for the improvement of of our whole, um, our town.
1: Yeah, sometimes um, I've seen this over and over again where someone might come to something like praise in the park or something else. And um, like I said, we never know where we're planting seeds and really what's going on in the minds and hearts of people. So it might never translate into anything. We never see them again. And then like two years later, maybe someone in their family passes away and then, they, but to you, like, you're that one pastor, you're that connection, mm-hmm. um, and they remember coming to that event, and then it could, t- it could take years or whatever, and then sometimes they come back around, and right. this is where um, you just have to stay faithful, you have yeah. to trust God is working through these things, even though they're not on our own time frame.
0: And we've been here long enough now that we're seeing generational, you know, generationally this is happening Right. where, you know, we were ministering to somebody's, you know, parents or grandparents years ago, and now their kids or grandkids are uh, adults and having right. their own families and they're starting to come to church right. and, you know, that kind of thing. And there's a, f- uh, I don't know, a familiarity, like they know who we are because we've been here long enough to where you know, they maybe went to a kid's club.
1: And we haven't seen them in like 10 years, but, mm-hmm. but we, there was an impact. There was a seed that was planted and, you know, God was working in it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and then you, you know, get to bear that fruit a long time later that mm-hmm. you would maybe didn't even realize you watered. Right. Um, so part of it is, uh, having hope. Um, when we came into this ministry, um, we had hope that, uh, you know, God could use us to uh, to do something, you know, and we didn't ever um, get discouraged that, well, we're in a small church in a small town, so it just can't grow. I always believed it could grow and it could reach people, and there was no such thing as, you know, being saturated, that no community is so saturated with churches that you can't grow. I don't believe that.
1: Well, we had just come from that, um, you know, Denmark Baptist out in the middle of nowhere and saw some of the cool things they were doing and how they were reaching people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if they're doing that out in the middle of nowhere, our town where we have, you know, a few thousand people, we can be doing that for the kids in town and getting a lot more um, kids. And so we started to really, you know, set some goals from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my first goal was uh, when I got into the children's ministry and we started developing that midweek program was, Um, in my heart, it's like, we need to be at a hundred kids every night, you know, that is totally reasonable for a kids club.
0: Yeah. Well, and where we started from, I don't know if we've talked about this at all, but, um, you know, our church was, uh, on a Wednesday night having what, six kids that would would come out. They were totally disorganized. In fact, the, a lot of times the lady who was kind of doing anything for the kids would just not show up. And then the kids would just run around the church um, unsupervised while the adults were in a Bible study. And it was that was our kids ministry when we started. Um, From there, you know, we developed, um, we hired a a children's pastor, even though we didn't have a a children's ministry Mm -hmm. at that point. We actually hired somebody to start a children's ministry. Um, And I think that you you have to act like what you want to be, not wait for what you're going to be or want to be before it happens. You have right. to just say, okay, this is what we want to develop. So we're going to have to do this. And a lot of that is the leadership. You have to get the leaders in place and you have to be patient and you have to just work hard and you have to, you know, take the time to do it consistently and, and it'll grow. And so we've gotten, um, what from six kids to a hundred and what, 30, 40 mm-hmm. kids on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, but it took time and it yeah. took a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears, and and patience, and hope, well, and, we're and kind faith. Of,
1: yeah, and that pandemic has kind of set us back in that area again, which when you put so <laughs> much into it, it, it is disheartening, but again, you just got to trust mm-hmm. the Lord, and so it's like, okay, we're <laughs> setting new goals, and the goals are a little less number-oriented right now. They're really just um, taking one day at a time mm-hmm. and still doing what we're we need to be doing, and Um, I do see a lot of new faces in our church and in the kids' ministry of of people we weren't necessarily, um, you know, reaching before. And that's kind of exciting. So, um, you know, know, the pandemic has been unfortunate, but God can still work in that.
0: Well, and I refuse to be, you know, doomsday naysayer negative about all that. Like, oh, well, we'll never do this or we'll never be that or this is just how things are. And I mean, I don't, I don't buy into that stuff. I mean, we're going to do the best ministry that we can because we're called to do it. And people will respond to that. And maybe it'll take a little bit more time. And maybe, it, you know, you do have to rebuild a little bit more. Uh, it but does you, feel a little
1: harder. The work feels like a little harder right now sure. trying to re- rebuild it a little. To yeah. Make it exciting again somehow.
0: But, I mean, that's the thing is that you continue... Uh, to have that hope and that mm-hmm. faith that, I mean, we can and will um, do great ministry. We and, have history
1: with God. He's brought us, you know, yeah. here, you know. He's going to lead us, you know, to the, each step of the way, and it'll be okay.
0: Yeah, you can't get discouraged just mm-hmm. because you have a, a little setback, Yeah, or else, I mean, you'd give up every time, yes. that, you know, things didn't work out the way that you wanted them right. to. So, you know, that's that's part of um, our understanding of what uh, big ministry is, um, and I hope that helps. but uh, there's one other thing that um, I don't know, we've kind of thought about a little bit, which is um, underdog ministry. What is that? What does that look like to kind of be the underdog? Because you look at all these big, you know flashy ministries or churches and, and maybe you have one in your community, that is really outshining everybody else and it looks like, well, how can we compete with that? And we'll never be like them or everybody, you know, they're the hot, you know, church in town and we're just kind of trying to make do and and we can't compete with that. What do you, how do you deal with that?
1: I mean, I grew up in churches that were we were the underdog church in um, high school. We moved to Kansas, and we had this older congregation in an old building on the corner, and kept, like right across the street, um, just like a stone's throw, was this huge, beautiful church, new, you know, building, and they kept expanding, and expanding, and multi staff and um, nice programming and very appealing. And, um, I mean, we could not compete with that, you know, but God didn't call our church to be that church. He called us to be the church that we were and the people that we were, and that had to be the focus, you know? And, um, I just remember going to, um, you know, when I started as campus pastor down at SIU and the denomination we were in before, we were the underdog campus ministry there. And, um, we It was a restart, so when I went, there was nothing. It was mm-hmm. dead. We had a building, and uh, we had some, like, student rooms that were being filled by non-students, and, I mean, there was a lot of work to be done, and I, I did work really hard to try to build, you know, rebuild that ministry, and, and never got to the point where I felt like all my effort, like, paid off, but did I... Did I make uh, an impact? Were there seeds planted? Um, Relationships built through that? Like I had to? Did God call me to that? Do I believe that? And I just had to focus really on that and not all the other really amazing ministry um, going on around me. But we do have to fight that competitiveness, Mm -hmm. you know, competitiveness that we're where we almost uh, see them as uh, I don't I don't want to say enemy, but. Like work, other the, these other amazing ministries. Um, their intention is not to work against you or it, right. to take your people. And sometimes we can build up a bitterness toward those ministries that we see as being more successful well, than ours. It, it
0: tends to be like a popularity contest, and uh, you know, you think, well, those if if those people go to that church, then they don't like me as much. And uh, you know, we're trying to basically feed our own ego Mm -hmm. in that sense of going to my church versus that other church or whatever Uh, we, we, that territorialism or competitiveness or whatever you call it. um, It it really has to do more with that Mm self-esteem than it does with your calling. You know, the, the fundamental issue is, is what am I here to do? Well, I've been called here. I've, you know, this is uh, the ministry that God has uh, entrusted me with. And so I need to do the best with this as i possibly Mm -hmm. can and trying to actually see that you know that other church as long as they're preaching the gospel and uh, leading people to a relationship with jesus they're not your enemy right and they're not your even your competitor i mean they're they're just a ministry trying to do the same thing you're trying to do and there's plenty of people to reach so i shouldn't have to worry about if you know they go to that church versus my church um, well, I need to reach the people that God, you know, has called me to reach.
1: And sometimes we, you know, God does make a way for us to come alongside of each other and be resources for each other too. Um, and not to discount the lessons to be learned from maybe what they're doing. Like uh, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and not like base our ministry off of what they're doing, but we can learn some of the good things that are happening there and learn from that.
0: Sure. Well, um, that's that's part of, you know, just growing up as a a ministry is just understanding that you are a student, that you Mm -hmm. are always learning and uh, discerning and trying to figure out where where God's leading and being faithful to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, not getting discouraged because you're comparing yourself to anyone else or any other ministry, but um, really focusing on just your unique place Mm -hmm. in ministry um, in your community and what it is that God's calling you to do and doing it the best you can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's big ministry. Right. So, um, yeah, that's small town, big ministry. And we thank you for joining us and we'll hope you'll join us again next time.
1: See you later.